Welcome to the Keep Birth Wild podcast. My name is Indy and through this series I'll be speaking to women who plan to birth their babies at home. Join me to hear home birth mothers sharing their stories of pregnancy, birth and postpartum. Hi everybody, welcome to episode 3 of the podcast. I'm really feeling for all the pregnant women right now. It's just, it's been such a big, big week and it's a really tough time to bring new little people into the world and to raise them as well. I just wanted to send out a little reminder that it's so, so important that we take care of ourselves at this time and also each other. So just a little reminder to reach out to the women in your life, pick up the phone and connect and check in with each other and all stay safe and, and still feel supported during this time. Lots of love and compassion to all of you because it's just it's just hard for everybody. So I recorded this interview with Carrie last week and I just yeah I really loved it. I wanted to get it out to you all as soon as I could. Carrie planned to birth both of her children at home and her first birth with her son ended in a hospital transfer due to a surprise breach presentation and then she went on to birth her daughter at home a few years later. So she takes us right through both of those pregnancies and births. Um, Carrie shares really beautifully about what it was like to have her son present at her birth and at her second birth, that is, and also about the moment that her two children first met, which was just really special. So I loved hearing um, about her births and about her children. So, yeah, I hope you enjoy it as well. Hi, Carrie. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So did you want to start by telling us a little bit about um, yourself and your family and maybe what you do for work? Yes. Um, So I am a chiropractor and we're currently living in Perth. However, I did birth my two kids in Melbourne. And yeah, we just live by the beach and love the sunny, slow life that Perth offers. And did you guys plan to start a family? No. (laughs) (laughs) um Quinn was very much uh Quinn arrived on his own time we weren't planning at all we'd actually just only been dating for eight months when we found out that Quinn had decided to join us (laughs) wow so how were you feeling when you first found out in quite a bit of shock and I guess a little bit of fear that um you know will our relationship be able to weather it but um Overall, this underlying feeling that, you know, everything happens in its own time and um, I'm very much a planner and this threw a spanner in the works of all my plans and um, but just to kind of roll with it and it's, in hindsight, it's just been the, the perfect timing. Before you fell pregnant, had you considered that you might like to have a home birth when you did start a family or, or at what point did you decide that you were interested in doing that? Yes. Um, being a Cairo, uh, I used to see a lot of, um, well, I still do, a lot of pregnant women and their babies. And the biggest thing that I heard was that, um, that they felt really unheard in the hospital and they just wanted, they wish they had more support. In hindsight, they wish they hired a doula or had someone who was there to advocate for them and what they really wanted. And so I knew from the moment I was pregnant that that's the kind of vibe I wanted to create, whether that was hospital or home. And we ended up choosing home because I'm just such a homebody and 
I couldn't envision being 100% comfortable in a hospital while I'm giving birth. And so what type of care did you go with? Did you start looking for a private midwife or was there a publicly funded home birth scheme at your hospital? Yeah, we went private. Actually, at the time, um, I wasn't in the catchment zone for any publicly funded home births. So we just uh, met a few midwives and I chose the one who had the best energy that I felt like I could resonate with, you know, feel comfortable around. Um, and, yeah, we just stuck with, we actually used the same midwives for both births, which was really nice. Oh, beautiful. And so so there was two of them there. Were they part of a, a team or was it just one midwife that would be at your birth? Um, no, yeah, two midwives at all times. And um, we had a doula as well for the first birth. How was your pregnancy? Did you have any symptoms right from the start or any morning sickness at all? For my first pregnancy, I was just exceptionally tired. Um, and it's this strange feeling for me that, like, Gwyn was taking all of my energy, not just food, but just, like, general energy, and I didn't have much left. So I actually stopped working at six months um, and just spent the last three months resting and preparing for the birth and the postpartum period. Um, it was It was absolutely exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know I know what you mean. It's and it just hits straight away too. Yeah. Um mm. and the moment I gave birth to him, the feeling passed. It was this really bizarre it was like, Okay, yep, that's done. That you know, that my energy's not being taken by him anymore. So my body started to kind of I guess rebalance. It was yeah, it was a really strange experience to be honest. So um, what did your antenatal care look like throughout your pregnancy? Did your midwives have a practising room or did they come to your house? Um, yes, so they have a beautiful um, clinic, I guess, in Brunswick. And um, I used to go there, I think initially it was about once a month. And as I got closer to the birth, it was fortnightly and weekly. So did you do any type of birth education or classes at all during your pregnancy? Yes, uh, we did the Raya Dempsey weekend. It was definitely confronting, but it was really well done in that it also empowered your partner. So while in my career I've, you know, I did understand the physiology of birth, I was really quite fearful but it gave Greg my husband a lot of tools to be able to use and some confidence that I knew I could kind of lean on him a bit when I needed the support so overall I would definitely recommend that anyone take that course yeah yeah I wish I'd taken that one actually I my midwives did provide um really really awesome um kind of education about birth but yeah I've read Rhea Dempsey's book when I was pregnant and I just yeah just I really liked it I liked her style and awesome so yeah leading up to kind of the last weeks of your pregnancy and the early signs of labor how many weeks were you and sort of how did things kick off? Um, Quinn's labor started I was 40 plus two days and I I had no symptoms up until the morning that it started. 
I had no idea. We were just kind of waiting, waiting, waiting. And then I started getting these little contractions and I was like, no, it can't be. But they were coming regular enough that I called the midwife and um, she's like, no, yeah, this is the start. You'll probably meet your baby in a few hours. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so what were you doing in the in that sort of early labour time? Were you still at home and was your partner home with you? Yeah, my partner was home. Um, he was just about to leave for work. It was about 8 in the morning. And um, I said, yeah, I asked him to stay home because I wasn't really sure what was happening. And yeah, we spent the whole, the whole morning just waiting for the contractions to either kind of start up a bit more or find out. And the midwife came over about 4 p.m. And did she do any checks on you or the baby at that point or did she just have a chat with you? Um, I think she did things. That's something I don't actually remember. I think she checked like my blood pressure and the basic checks. But she didn't do any internal examination or anything like that. She was just timing the contractions, making sure I felt okay. Did she Was she checking the baby's position at all, kind of in the start of your labour or the last few weeks of pregnancy? Yes. He, <laughs> he was very sneaky. He, his head felt like his bum, I think, because she was like, no, his head down, it feels great. So um, there was not really any concern with his position, um, and it wasn't until they told me he was I was pushing out a bottom and not a head that um, we realised he was breached. And in hindsight, maybe at about 35 weeks, I had these really, really big kicks, and they were very painful, and I think maybe that's when he turned breached and then just stayed there. Wow. <laughs> So, yeah, so once your midwife arrived, did she stay then um, throughout the labour or did she sort of head home and come back? No, she stayed, yeah. So she got there about 4 o'clock and um, my contractions were frequent enough that she stayed um, and she actually expected him to arrive within a few hours. Um, He had other plans. (laughs) And uh, then I think maybe two hours later, uh, is when I called the doula and she called the second midwife to arrive and that was about, yeah, maybe 7.30 at night. And, yeah, what were you doing? How were you managing the pain during that time? I was relying quite heavily on my doula, to be honest. Greg seemed a little bit freaked out and she was just helping me breathe through it, eye contact, trying different positions. Yeah, my my doula was a godsend, to be honest. It just, uh, she made all of the difference. And did you use a birth pool or a bath at all, or were you just um, on yeah. land? <laughs> yeah, no, we had a birth pool. Every time I went in it, I my contractions slowed down, so I couldn't spend too much time in it unless um, unless it was like right towards the end. But I had the added issue of, Quinn being breached and because nobody knew I felt a pressure to push very early on when I wasn't fully dilated Um, and because they hadn't done an internal exam they said if you feel like pushing just you know roll with it and it wasn't until then they checked me and they said okay well that's the bottom and you're not fully dilated yet. Wow yeah 
so that would have been a shock for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Do they? Do you know how many centimeters you were at that point? Um, so I think I'd been pushing for forty-five minutes, and then they checked, and I was at nine centimeters. But they said I still had quite a significant lip, um, and because he, um, he was breached, there's no way his bottom would have fitted. So did you need to call an ambulance then, or did you go in the car? Yeah, no, we called an ambulance, and thankfully it was less than a five-minute drive away. Um, so um, they, they tried to get me to lay on my back in the ambulance, and I was like, I just can't. So I was staying on all fours and, you know, still having these really strong contractions and urges to push while they were driving me towards the hospital. It was actually a very stressful moment, um, but... I'm fairly certain I went, I completely dilated while I was in the ambulance because when, once I got to the hospital, I literally laid on my back and pushed him out straight away. <laughs> How long was the second stage for you with him then, if you remember? <laughs> no. <I don't> <laughs> and, yeah. and did you, were you kind of aware of the sensation of, of him coming down and, and being birthed, or was it, or were you just still kind of in shock at that point? Yeah, to be honest, um, I'd had, because I'd had the pressure for so long, and because I was in so much shock, um, I, I don't really have any recollection of feeling him being birthed. I, against my wishes, I laid on my back and had my legs in stirrups, but in hindsight, that was actually an amazing position for me because he just slid straight out. Um, it was probably the least amount of effort that I'd had to, <laughs> had to do for the whole labour. So um, I'm actually really grateful that we ended up at the hospital and I could use that position. Yeah. And that's – so when the bottom comes first and that's – is that frank breach and the feet are kind of up near the head? Yeah. They're folded in half? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone says – that if you've breached a birth vaginal, you can kind of oh sorry, if you birthed a breech vaginal, you can birth anyway. But actually, I didn't think it made my second birth any easier. I would I would honestly say they were still very much on a par. So um, I I feel like the kudos is um, <laughs> you know <it's> not <laughs> yeah it all felt the same to me. <laughs> and did they put him straight up onto your chest, or did he need to have some checks done on him? Yeah, he came out a tiny bit blue, so they had to give him a little rub. Um, and then once he started crying, then he came straight to me and he fed and fed and fed and fed. <laughs> oh, beautiful. How, how were you feeling in that moment? Were you sort of in a bit of a bliss bubble or were you not really aware again? Uh, I was so happy, but I definitely noticed the effects of all the stress of the transfer. You know, like my arms and legs were still shaking and I felt quite hypervigilant. Um, I feel, I think if I had my time again, I probably would have gone to the hospital earlier. You know, obviously we didn't know, so, um, it is what it is, but I felt very, um, yeah, I, the way I would describe it is hypervigilant. Like I couldn't just relax into the moment. So when was the placenta delivered? Um, so with all the stress of the transfer, my placenta actually got retained and I had to go into theatre and have a spinal tap and have it removed. 
I had all these visions and plans of a home birth that stayed at home and had no intervention and then I ended up with quite a lot of interventions. But the staff was so amazing. I Yeah, I couldn't have asked for a better experience given what I'd been through, yeah. Yeah, lovely. And did you stay in hospital for a couple of nights then or did you just, um, were you just keen to head home? Yeah, they made me stay for one night um, because I had the spinal tap. You have to um, use your bladder and bowel a couple of times before they'll let you go. Um, so I had to stay one night and once I'd kind of met all the criteria, I uh, requested to go home and they were fine with that. And how was the rest of your recovery at home? Was it fairly quick or did he do any damage on the way out? Um, I had to have an episiotomy with him because they were concerned about him being breached. So I had stitches and because of the retained placenta, they'd given me quite a lot of the, uh, is it the syntocin? Is that what they give at the end? Yeah, I think that's to contract the I could be wrong, yeah. but I think that's to contract the uterus and kind of clear everything out. Yeah, so they'd given me a double dose of that to see if the placenta would come out before I went to theatre to kind of try and hope I wouldn't have to. Um, so I didn't know it at the time, but my after pains were very, very strong. <laughs> I oh, wasn't until yeah. I had Remy, my second, and... People were like, oh, the after pains the second time are so much worse. And I was like, I can barely feel them <laughs> because they were so strong the first time. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess I didn't know any different at the time and I just thought it was the norm. So did your private midwives come and visit you at home after that? Yes. Yeah, they visited us daily for a few days and then it was weekly and then um, – up until the six-week check, I I think from about two or three weeks onwards, I started going to their clinic and getting myself and um, my son checked. And um, how, how was the rest of your breastfeeding journey? You mentioned that he just latched on straight away and fed. Did he continue to be a really good breastfeeder? Yeah, I was really lucky in that regard. He um, He was a great feeder. From the very beginning, he just knew what to do and he loved milk. So (laughs) (laughs) it was um, very straightforward, yeah. And after that birth, how were you feeling about um, potentially having another baby? Were you sort of, was your anticipation or feelings about another birth different to the first time? Actually, even though it may sound a bit traumatic and I did have some trauma, I really loved the whole experience and I was really excited to birth again. The only thing that I was fearful of is having another breech baby um, because I would have, um, you know, we made the choice that I would get checked a bit more frequently with the ultrasound to make sure the baby wasn't breached and I knew I wouldn't be able to have a home birth. So I kind of, I guess, wanted to experience a birth with a baby in the, you know, more traditional position. But other than that, I was, it really kind of put a passion in me for birth. I really loved it. Yeah. At what point did you start thinking that maybe you'd be ready to have another baby or was it another surprise? <laughs> no, Remy was planned. We just moved house. We were, um, I think Quinn was 
uh, about 20 months when we fell pregnant. And we've kind of planned it that way because we were moving house across to the other side of the city and we wanted to get settled and not have a stressful conception. So, yeah, we waited and um, thankfully fell pregnant within about two cycles. And we were both really excited about it this time because we kind of, I guess, knew what we were trying to do <laughs> as opposed to be surprised by Quinn. So, um, yeah, it was it was really easy. Did you have the same kind of exhaustion through that second pregnancy as well? Yeah, it was uh, much worse actually. I had severe exhaustion and I had headaches um, and a lot of morning sickness. It was actually all-day sickness. And I experienced my first migraine while I was pregnant with Remy, which was uh, not a fun experience at all. No, I can imagine. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, you mentioned that you went ahead with the same midwives as well. Did you have the same doula too? Second time round, we didn't opt for a doula, um, mostly for financial reasons, to be honest. But if I had my time again, I would prioritise. I would find the money for a doula for sure. Um, so we chose the same midwives because my first home birth had ended up in a transfer and so my chances of being approved, you know, like I had to jump through quite a few more hoops to be approved for a home birth the second time around and I felt like it was easier to go with the people who really understood what happened during my first birth um, and had all my history. So um, we went with the same team. One of the midwives was different, but the core midwife that I dealt with, she was the same. And, yeah, how was sort of the end stage of your pregnancy um, with Remy? Remy surprised us because my waters broke at 38 weeks and five days and we had just anticipated that she would come around the same as Quinn. We kind of weren't expecting her to come so early in the piece. So I didn't really. Um, have that waiting period, you know, when women reach 38 weeks and they're like counting down to get to 40 weeks. Um, I didn't really have any of that. It just kind of started. <laughs> and Remy's labor started with my waters breaking, which was very different because Quinn's, uh, my waters did not break until the very last second. So they actually thought he was going to be born inside his back. Yeah, that must have been a surprise for you. Did you start getting contractions sort of straight away or was it just the waters breaking and then waiting? Yeah, it was the waters breaking at about 4am. It honestly just felt like I'd wet my pants, but I'd only, like I'd gotten up to go to the bathroom and then went back to bed and then it happened and I thought, oh, that's really strange. I just went to the toilet. And um, I ignored it, but then it just kept trickling. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm pretty sure these are my waters. And um, I didn't have contractions until about six or seven hours later. And had you already called your midwife to let her know in that time or were you just sort of um, seeing what happened? Yeah, I called my midwife just to ask because I know there are time deadlines on when your waters break as to when the baby needs to come before you go to hospital. So I just touched base with her and told her what had happened and she was still 
finishing up at another birth and she's like, you've just got to wait. <laughs> Hold on, don't birth yet. So um, it was quite funny because that's exactly what happened anyway. By the time she got to me, um, my contractions had only just started. So she's like, I knew she would wait for me. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. And were things, um, were things sort of quicker this time or was it a similar sort of time before you got to active labour as, um, as the first time? Yeah, very similar. I seemed to labour for a really long time. Um, my first, with Quinn, my labour was about 12 hours in the end and with Remy it was 10, so not that much different at all. Um, she was posterior and they think that's why my waters broke so um, before anything else happened. But I didn't have the traditional back labour or anything. To be honest, the labour contractions felt very similar to my breech birth. Um, so it was all very familiar. But with Remy, I um, I think I fatigued faster. I think the contractions were more intense in general, but I wasn't I wasn't dilating. So um, and again, because she was posterior, I felt a pressure much earlier than I should have and I assumed it was the pressure to push again but this time I got the midwife to check me before I started pushing and I was only five centimeters. Oh, how did you feel when did they did they tell you that or? Um, I actually guessed it strangely it was like this intuitive knowing I kind of said to her yeah it's probably only about five isn't it and she was like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and How did that so feel that, to find that out? Oh, I was actually quite devastated because I was exhausted. Um, but I, they made me lay down. I'd been trying active positions um, and instead they made me lay down. And the moment I lay down on my side, the contractions escalated and I was actually begging to go to the hospital and have an epidural or have a cesarean, I was like, just, I can't deal with this anymore. Get it out. And, um, yeah, from within half an hour, I'd gone from five to ten centimetres and she had birthed herself. It was just like it just happened very, very suddenly. Wow. So did you have time to get back in the water I like one contraction stopped and I literally ran to the pool and got in just before the next one and the midwife said um she's like you're only five centimeters look I'm gonna go have a lay down in the spare bed and then she said she heard me do this roar and she's like oh my gosh it's happening so she quickly got up and came to me and um yeah Remy I I felt the urge to push very strongly and the midwife could see I was actually pushing a bit and she stopped me and said, you know, stop pushing. And it was the best thing she could have done because I got to feel Remy birthing herself and it was just the best feeling. Like you really, you don't have to push. Your baby does most of the work for you. And then, yeah, she she was here. (laughs) Wow. How... How did that feel? I mean, um, I kind of, I had that really, really strong urge to push and I pushed Alice out, but I can't actually imagine like being able to stop myself. Was that hard or? It was really hard because, um, you know, as they say, it kind of feels like 
you need to do a really big poo. And I had so much pressure. But she did say to me that if I kept pushing, that I would tear quite a lot. And I did end up with a small tear. But just stopping for, it only took me relaxing for two seconds and then you could, I could feel her moving through. So it was a very short moment in time. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. And, um, who, who caught her? I did, I think. I don't remember. Remy had a very small umbilical cord and I couldn't actually even hold her up against my breast. I had to, kind of hunch my whole entire body over to for my breast to reach her so she just kind of like she didn't go far from my birth canal <laughs> yeah kind of like still hanging down there and did you stay in the water or did you have to get out at that point um I stayed in for a little while um but we made a game plan very early on because I was fearful of having another retained placenta um that we would get out and that I would have, uh, I think they gave me half an hour post-birth to birth the placenta on my own, and I hadn't, so I had the injection to help me. And did that work the second time? Yes, yeah, so it just detached. Not a nice feeling. I, I don't I don't enjoy birthing a placenta. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it detached easily, yes. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Did you end up having any tearing or was the holding back from pushing enough to prevent that? Yeah, I did have a small tear. Um, I had a grade one tear and because of, they said it was a really strange one because of the, the angle of it. So I actually went and got stitches for it um, because they said it wouldn't heal very nicely if I didn't get it stitched. So we did end up back in hospital. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, so did you go in straight away after the birth to the hospital? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and then just headed straight home again once that had been stitched up? Yeah, I think I had to wait an hour or something and then I got to go home, yeah. Um, Remy has a really big bump on her head, um, like a big swelling because she'd been posterior for the whole labour and then in that half an hour where I was dilating, she actually turned to the anterior. So she had a, a giant lump on her head for about four weeks and it wasn't going down on its own. So we actually had to go and get an ultrasound of her head to make sure everything was okay and there was no fracture or underlying issue. But, um, yeah, it was all fine. Oh, that's good. And how long did it take for that to go down? I think it took about six weeks, which yeah. they say was like quite a long period. They usually expect it to start going down within a week or two. So I'm not really sure why hers took so long, if it was just um, a bit worse than average or, um, yeah, I have no idea. Mm. And I forgot to ask before, was Quinn present for Remy's birth? Yeah, he was. He um He wasn't meant to be. He... When I started going into labour, I dropped him. Oh, my friend came and picked him up and had him for the day. Um, and we had kind of expected that the birth would happen during that day, but because it ended up taking about ten hours, it was about eight thirty at night, and um, they dropped him home because he was getting a bit upset. And the moment he walked in is when I dial. 
that half an hour where I dilated, she turned and she birthed herself. So I kind of felt some, some kind of like subconscious I was waiting for him or um, maybe Remy was waiting for him. I just felt like he needed to be there for some reason. It was just all really perfect timing. Um, he was very, he looked really upset when I was roaring. I don't remember roaring with Quinn, but with Remy, I was like roaring. And um, I don't think he'd ever seen me make so much noise. And his poor little face, he did look quite worried. But then when he saw Remy, the look of like, ah, oh, he just had such a magical look on his face. Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> she's here. Um, it was so beautiful. I'm really glad he was there. Oh, that's gorgeous. And yeah. you must have been so happy to be able to spend that first night all at home together. Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. And he, um, <laughs> bless him, he told people for a very long time that mummy gave birth in the pool, Remy came out of mummy's bottom. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Um, I was like, yeah, well, it could look like that, I guess, yeah. <laughs> so was he, would he have been about three when she was born? Um, he was two and a half. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it was really sweet, yeah. He's a very loving boy. <laughs> and how was your um, breastfeeding journey with Remy? Um, Remy, she fed very well. Um, she wasn't a guzzler like Quinn was. She was a little bit more distracted and I would say not as hungry, I guess. But um, Remy had really bad reflux and so the first few months were actually quite difficult. Uh, and, I, you know, I changed my diet. I did everything that... I knew to do, but she was just a refluxy baby. Um, so I did question our breastfeeding journey in that some, you know, if you feed them too much, they might get worse or is she feeding because she's in pain or because she's hungry? Um, there was like a little bit of angst underneath, but in terms of her feeding physically, she fed very well. Yeah, lovely. How old was she when the reflux kind of started to ease up? Uh, maybe eight months. Yeah, wow, that's a long time. <laughs> it was a really long time, yeah. It was very exhausting. And how long did you breastfeed your babies for? Um, Quinn breastfed until he was 18 months and... I had gotten to the point that I was really touched out. Um, so we kind of started weaning him to just feed um, first thing in the morning and first thing before bed at night time. Um, and then once he knew he couldn't have it all the time, he just kind of fed less and less and less until um, he stopped. And uh, Remy, she self-weaned at 13 months. <laughs> She was just like, okay, I'm done. Don't want that anymore. I want real food. So um, very different personalities. <laughs> yeah. How, how did you feel about that with her having made this decision? Were you a bit sad? or? Yeah, I was. Yeah. Um, I had a personal goal of getting to 18 months with both my kids um, and I kind of felt like I'd let her down in some way, but you know, I figure if she wanted to self-wean, then she was ready and I shouldn't really 
be putting my goals onto her. So, um, you know, she's still got 13 months of milk, which is really good. Are you thinking that your family is complete or how are your feelings about another birth um, after those two? I would really love to have one more. I don't know my chances of ever having a baby who grows or births in the traditional away position, but um, I would love to experience a very normal birth, so to speak, or like ordinary birth with no complications or surprises. I'm not sure if we will ever have a third, but um, I will hold on to hope. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today. I just loved hearing your story. You almost had me tearing up when you were talking about Remy and Quinn meeting for the first time. It's so beautiful. (laughs) Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in for today's episode. If you're enjoying listening to the podcast so far, it would just mean the world to me if you could Uh, jump on whatever podcast app you're listening to and just leave either a quick star review or even a little note or a few words if if you feel to. And, yeah, that just helps me get an idea of um, how many people are listening and what you're enjoying about the podcast. Um, It'll also help get the show out to more listeners and more pregnant mamas too. Thank you.